All right, good morning. Thanks for joining with us online here at New Life Church of Mobile. I don't know about y'all, but we just finished doing our declarations. Uh, We love to declare Psalm 91. And uh, we just did our declarations. We declared Psalm 91. And man, we're fired up. We're full of faith. And we hope that you are too. Amen. And uh, before we get started, man, I just want to give a shout out to everyone in our congregation and everyone that participated in the serve day yesterday. Can y'all give yourselves a hand clap for the work that y'all did yesterday? I'm telling you, it's great to serve the community and we love to serve our community, but it's also special to serve your church as well. And I'm telling you, it was a lot of laughter. It was a lot of fun. I'm sorry I wasn't much of a manual labor help for y'all yesterday, but I was with you in spirit. And man, I'm telling you, there was a lot of organization, there was a lot of cleaning, and a real special shout out to the men. Can I get an amen to the men? I'm telling you, the men were outdoors, they had a special project where they wanted to clear out an area uh, behind the church, and man, they did a phenomenal job. At first, it looked like Jurassic Park, now it looks like a paradise, (laughs) where you could go back there and you can have a picnic. But, man, I'm telling you, they did a great job. Everyone did a great job. But I just want to say thank you guys for your hard work, for your service. And then after that, we had a delicious meal. We had some raccoon and possum, and it was amazing. Oh, we had an amazing time of fellowship, but dinner, we didn't have raccoon and possum. I'm just joking. But we did eat afterwards, and we had a great time. And, man, serve day was a success, don't y'all think? Amen. We had a great serve day. uh, Man, we just finished up a six-week series last week uh, entitled uh, New Life. And you can go back online and uh, download our app. You can watch all those, listen to all those messages. You can go to our Facebook page and uh, watch those if you would like to as well. But uh, today is not a a sermon series. It's just a standalone message, Uh, just something that was on my heart uh, throughout the week. And I just want to share it with you. And uh, if you do have the app, like I said, you can follow along. The notes are there. But we're going to open up in a word of prayer, and then we'll get started. Amen. Amen. Okay, I just wanted to make sure I was good. All right, Lord, we thank you for today. Thank you for your presence. We thank you for these next few moments we have together. Lord God, in your midst, speak clearly to our hearts. Bind the thief, the enemy that will try to hinder or distract what you're saying today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As I mentioned, you can follow along. You can take notes uh, with us today. And today, I want to talk about faith gives. Faith gives, because there are certain things that faith gives. And we're going to talk about that more in depth today. Faith is a light. As Christians, our faith is based on the Word of God. That's the supreme thing that our faith is based on. It's based on the Word. Here at New Life, we say we're united united by truth. Truth of what? Truth of the Word of God. That is our foundation that is our basic base, uh, basis for Christianity. It is the word of God. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what uh, we base our faith on, is the word. If you're looking for any answer to your problem outside of the word of God, your faith is not in Jesus. I'm here to tell you, there's anything that you're walking through, anything that you're going through, if you have faith in any outside source other than the word of God, your faith is not in Jesus. It may be in something else, it's not in Jesus. And today we're going to discuss a little bit more what faith gives when you truly put your faith in Jesus. 
The word says that it is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, meaning that whatever you walk through, whatever you go through, if you get in the word, God can speak directly to your situation. All you have to do is stand on what? The word. You have to stand on the word. And sometimes it's right now in a room full of faith that's charged, it's easy to say that. It's a little bit difficult when you're at home by yourself and you're walking through some things. But that's why we're building your faith now so that when you walk through those things, you know what to do. Amen? That's why you get encouragement now, and it's great to fellowship with believers. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 23, it says that good, get truth and never sell it. Get truth. Truth of what? The word. Get truth of the word and never sell it. I, I know it says also get wisdom, discipline, and good judgment. You need all those too. But the first thing is you got to get the truth. And when you get the truth, don't sell it. Because you can believe at one point and then you can sell it for a lie. Because you can hold on to the truth and then you can sell it for, for, uh, for discouragement. Or you can sell it for disappointment. And it's a lot of things that you can start off holding on the truth with, but you sell it for compromise. Or you sell it for the big stars and fame. Some people do that. You can sell the truth. It says get the truth and never sell it. So once you get the truth of the gospel, once you get the truth of the word, it is your job to hold on to it and don't sell it. So once you get it, it's time to build on it. It's time to grow in it. It's time to make it stronger, not go backwards. Because once you get something that you value, you don't want to diminish it in value. You want it to keep its value. And sometimes even some things that you have in value, it can grow in value over time, depending upon what it is. But your faith is like that. Your faith can grow in value here on earth and in heaven if you continue to build on it, but you can't sell it. So you always have to examine your faith to say, where am I in my faith? I know where I was two months ago. I know where I was a year ago, but where am I now? Where am I? Have I sold the truth for anything in the past week? Have I sold the truth for anything in the past day? Hold, get the truth and what? Never sell it. And this is what we're talking about. If God reveals something to you about a particular situation that you're walking through, I'm sorry, if God keeps, yes, if God reveals his word to you about a situation and you keep looking for something outside of that, your journey in faith is going to be up and down. Because once God speaks clearly to you about a situation and you know it's from God, hold on to it. Hold on to it. That's what we're talking about. Hold, don't sell it. But if you get a word from God that speaks directly to your situation, but you're still trying to search and find for other answers, be careful. You're about to sell it. You're, about, you're setting yourself up for disaster. You're about to sell it. When you know he spoke to your heart and you know it's the Lord, well, I just don't know if that's the God or not. I just got to keep on searching. I just got to keep on, you know, because you, sometimes you could think it's the Lord, but it's really the devil in disguise. No, that's your, that's your fear and insecurity talking that's trying to get you to sell the truth. Ask me how I know because I've done it. That's why when you get the truth, you got to hold on to it and you can't sell it. Because that old slew foot enemy, he's going to try to get you to question every step of the way. Was that really God? Did God really say? What did he tell Adam and Eve? Did God really say? 
And what did he try to do? Get them to question the word of God? No, no, no. They knew what God spoke to them. You know what God spoke to you. So when he speaks to you, hold on to it. Don't sell it. But if you keep searching for something outside of God after he spoke, you're going to confuse yourself. And you're going to end up selling it for a lie, for confusion, for complacency or whatever the reason that you feel like you need to keep searching. Oh, this is God. I was searching for you, but I didn't want you to answer in this way. That, that's not the answer I was waiting for. I didn't want. I don't like that answer. So I'm going to keep seeking you until something change. No, nothing's going to change. The word is going to be the same. You just have to receive it and hold on to it. Amen. Faith in Jesus leads to certain things. And we're going to talk about two things. It leads to a whole bunch of things. I just want to highlight two of them today. Usually I give you three points. I'm going to give you two today. But faith in Jesus, it leads to two things. The first thing it leads to is this. Faith brings confidence. Faith brings confidence. Faith is based on God's word. Faith is based on God's word. Like I said, when God speaks directly to your situation, it brings a confidence to you, or it should. The only reason it wouldn't is because that's not the word you want to hear. But when you truly are desperate to hear a word from God, it brings a confidence when you put your faith in that word. But what a lot of people do is this. They don't receive a word from God. They just say, I believe. Oh, I believe this is going to happen. Because, you know, if you have positive thoughts and you have good vibes and and you think positive things, it's going to happen. No, based on what? Based on what? It's just like saying this. Oh, I believe with all my heart. I just know this is going to happen. Pastor Mario is going to come to my house and cut my grass. Based on what? Your good hopes and your good wishes towards me? You're going to be waiting a long time for me to come cut your grass. It's going to look like a forest back there. But the point is, you hoping and believing, that's great, but based on what? What gives you the faith to believe that I'm actually going to come and do that? Nothing. You just, I'm just, oh, I just believe. I just know it's going to happen. But that's what we do, God. Oh, I just know God's going to come through. Yes, but based on what? The only reason that you would know that I would come cut your grass if you got my word that says, you know what? I'm going to come cut your grass on this day. Now you have something to believe in. Now you have something to stand on. But outside of that, you have nothing to stand. you just wishing. But that's what we do with God. Oh, I just know God's going to come through. He knows this based on what? But when he speaks a word, your faith is ignited. And guess what? Confidence comes. Now, if I tell you I'm going to you could put confidence. Oh, he said he's going to come. Now you could put confidence on that. And when God speaks a word, bam, there's your confidence. Instantly, you should receive that and confidence should come. You should stop questioning and contemplating. Well, is it going to happen? Well, did he say it? Then there it is. There's your confidence. But you can't keep going back and forth. When we seek God and he reveals his words to us, we, and speaks directly to our situation, we must meditate on it day and night. Why? Because the enemy comes, and he's going to try to do the same thing he did to Adam. He's going to try to confuse you. He's going to try to talk you out of it. As soon as one little thing doesn't go the way that you think it should 
or one little thing doesn't go the way you felt like God orchestrated to happen, what are you going to start doing? Question the word of God. Well, God, you said this, but I didn't, under, I didn't know all this was going to happen in the process. Well, yeah, that's why he didn't tell you. He just told you what's the outcome. You just have to trust him. That's, where the, that's why you need the confidence for when those things come up that you didn't expect to happen. But what did his word say? What did the word that he spoke say? That's when the confidence comes when the enemy tries to attack your mind. But first, you got to get the word. And last week, a couple weeks ago, we talked about you get the word and then you get the preceding word. The important thing is you got the word. But as you continue to follow the Lord, he'll get, continue to give you instructions along the way to see that thing come through. But the big thing is you got to get the initial word to stand on, to have your confidence, to say, God, I keep trusting you along the process. It brings a confidence. Faith brings a confidence. Oh, there's a story that I love. We, me and tomorrow have been feasting on this story in uh, John uh, for a few weeks now. And uh, I want to share with you. And we're going to use a lot of what we're talking about today. I'm going to refer to this story um, a lot for the rest of the message. And there is an, a royal official or a government official. You could think of him as like a Prince Hakeem. He's royalty. Some of y'all look at me like, what y'all talking about? Don't worry about it. He looks like, it's like the, the, not the queen now, but the king of England since the queen passed. The king is some, a royal, a government official, someone in high rank that has authority, that has power, that has people that they say, hey, I need two grapes. They're going to bring them two grapes or whatever the case may be. Like this is a person that has power, has authority, has rank. Well, his son is sick. And in the region, Jesus has performed miracles. Matter of fact, this is the first miracle that Jesus performed where he turned water into wine. And in that region, all the people, they believe Jesus was who he said he was. But if you read in his hometown, he said a prophet or, or is not even honored in his own hometown. So Jesus couldn't do miracles in his own hometown because they didn't honor him. But here in this land, they honored him. And the man, the government official, he knew that, hey, I know my son is sick. I've got all the resources and power to do everything that I could do. It's not working. I need to go to the man that can change it. And I don't even really think he believes Jesus is who he says he is like we do. But you got to think about it. Jesus back then is not who, how we see him now. They looking at, is this really, how can he say he's the son of man? But they see all the miracles he do. They, that's the son of God. And, and they see all the things that he's doing. But this, it was something about Jesus that this man says, well, I have to reach out to him and see what's going to happen because my son's life is on the line. So we're going to pick up in John chapter 4, and we're going to read through verse 46 through 52. And it says, as he traveled through Galilee, talking about Jesus, he came to Cana where he turned the water into wine. Remember, this is the region where they believe in Jesus. They're like, We're gonna, he, he is something special. We don't know who he is, but it's something about this man. We, need to, we honor him. There was a government official in the nearby Capernaum whose son was very sick. His son was what? Very sick. When he heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went and what did he do? Did he ask Jesus? What did he do? He begged Jesus to come to Capernaum to heal his son, who was about to die. So he ran to Jesus, this government official who has all the class and all the esteem and probably had chariots and people with him and armed guards with him. 
He ran to and begged him, come to my son. Jesus asked, will you never believe in me unless you see a miraculous sign and wonder? So let's think about this. This man is begging Jesus, come see my son. Jesus tells him, will you never believe me unless you see miraculous signs and wonders? Because Jesus wanted to test his faith. So why do you come? Because I turned the water into wine? Because you saw the miraculous? Or, or, are you just coming to me because of the signs that you've seen? Or do you truly believe in me? He was testing his faith. And what did the official do? The official pleaded, Lord, please come now before my little boy dies. So he's still begging Jesus. Jesus said that his next day would, please come. It wasn't, oh, I trust you. I believe who you are. It was, no, please come before my son dies. Then Jesus said, told him, go back home. Your son will live. And the man what? Believed what Jesus said and started home. While the man was on his way, some of his servants met him with news that his son was alive and well. He asked them, when did the boy, get, when did the boy had begun to get better? And they replied, yesterday afternoon at one o'clock, his fever suddenly disappeared. He, he asked them, oh, I'm sorry, verse 53, then the father realized that they was, that, that was the very time he had told him, your, Jesus told him that your son will live. And he and his entire household believed in Jesus. This was the second miraculous sign Jesus did in Galilee after coming from Judea. Now, I want you to think about this. When did the man decide to return home? If you remember what we just read. He went after Jesus told him, your son will live, go home. What happened before then? He was begging. He didn't believe. But what happened when Jesus spoke the word directly to his situation? He believed. He instantly believed. So something happened from his journey to Jesus to when Jesus spoke a word directly to his situation. There was a confidence that came on inside of him and said, okay, I can go home now. You say, well, how do you know that? Because if there wasn't a confidence that was on inside of him, he would have kept standing there begging Jesus. Because he first showed up begging him. Then he said, will you not believe unless you see a miraculous sign? Then he said, please come. Oh, my son will die. And then Jesus said, your son will live, so go home. And what did he do? He went home. And when Jesus spoke directly to that situation, faith entered that man's heart. And he said, you know what? I believe. And because he believed, guess what he did? He went home. Why? Because there was a confidence. There was a confidence when he received the word from Jesus that everything's going to be all right. My son will live. My son will live. There's a confidence that made him say, you know what? I can stop begging him now. I'm, going, I'm just going to stand on his word, and I'm going home. So when Jesus speaks the word to you, stop begging him. Because a lot of times we come to Jesus begging and not in faith. Begging is not faith. Faith brings confidence. And when the confidence comes, guess what? You can stop begging, and you can start thinking. And you can start praising. Even if you don't say, now let me ask you this. Did the man know that his son was healed by then? Because he's still in front of Jesus. Did, did, did any, did, in his mind, did anything really change? Did he know if anything really changed? 
Because from where he was to his home was about 20 miles. And we know that it took another, like another day to get there because it says when he arrived home, they asked him, when did his son get better? When did my son get better? And they said, around 1 o'clock yesterday. So it took him a day's journey to get there. So while he was on his way, he knew that, hey, because of the word that Jesus spoke, I'll see when my son gets there, but I can imagine the thoughts that's going on in that man's mind while he's on that, day, on that journey back home. But I guarantee you there's one thing. There was a confidence inside of him that says, I'm going home because my son will live. But think about how many times the enemy tried to come to that man and say, oh, why do you trust that man? Why did you just give up so easy? You was begging him at first, and then you stopped when he just said one word. Is it really going to happen? Will your son really live? You know your son going to die. And all the trip home, that man had to battle those thoughts in his mind. But you know what I would have done if I was him? I would have said this over and over. My son lives. My son lives. Oh, but what, what, what happens if you die? My son lives. What is he doing? He's standing on the confidence of the word that Jesus spoke over his situation. So when you're walking through something and you like, the enemy comes at your mind, my son lives. Or whatever it is in your case. Oh, my finances are blessed. Oh, my healing is here. I, whatever it is, my son is saved. My daughter is free. Whatever it is, you stand on that word and you declare it back to the enemy when he tries to lie to you and say, well, is that really the word of God? No, my son lives. And I'm pretty sure that man, when the enemy, my son lives. Shut up, devil. My son lives. My son lives. And when he got home, what did they say? Oh, your son lives. And I'm sure there was some rejoicing in the camp. Why? Because he received one word from Jesus that sparked the confidence in his heart that says, I believe when he spoke the word. So what's that mean for us? When Jesus speaks the word, put your confidence in that. Don't go against anything else other than the word that Jesus spoke. And I'm not talking about a word that you think you want to hear. I'm talking about a word directly from God. Because sometimes you can lie to yourself and say it was from God, but it's really what you want. That ain't faith. That's selfish ambition. That's selfish desires. Because you're putting God on something that you really want. And that's not what I'm talking about when you know it's a word from God. And he could do it in many ways. He could speak to you directly through his word. He could speak to you through a message like this where by faith you're hearing these things and the Holy Spirit can speak to your situation. It's so many different things. But you have to know that it's from God and not from yourself. Because the enemy will try to deceive you to make you hold on to something that you hold it on to. And you say, oh, I believe. Like I said, he's going to come cut my grass. Based on what? You believe him, but based on, is that directly from God? You know, people can hold on to some stuff that they say God is not God at all. And all they're doing is lying to themselves and deceiving themselves. Did you hear directly from God, or is that something that you just want to hear for yourself? That's not faith. Faith comes when you hear the word of God. That man heard that word, he stopped begging. I'm going home. Let's turn these chariots around. Let's go home. Let's give him some water because we got a journey home. But my son lives. And his confidence was in Jesus from that point forward. God's confidence is a blessed, blessed assurance. It's a strong yes, and it's not indecisive. 
If you keep going back and forth being indecisive in your decisions, guess what? That's not faith. That means you're still stressed. That means you're still contemplating. That means you have no faith because faith brings confidence. Faith does not bring stress. Faith does not bring anxiety. Faith brings confidence. And when you're confident in something, you stand on that. There, there, there is no going back and forth. There is no wavering. When there is a confidence that God spoke something, all indecisiveness, all wavering, going back and forth, should I, should not, is it God, is it not? No, no, no. When it's God and it's a confidence, all that stuff is gone. But if it's still there, no faith. Oh, I believe, but help my unbelief. You better help them help your unbelief. Get that unbelief out. Because it's going to steal your faith. It's going to rob you of your faith. Hold on to your confident hope. The world's confidence says, I will make it happen. But God's confidence says, he will lead me to it. The government official, his confidence says, oh, I have resources. I can get my son healed. Until he realized he couldn't. Then he says, I need to go to the one that can. And what did he do? He led him back home. Your son lives. Go to the one that can lead you to what to do, not yourself. Because so many people put their confidence in themselves. I know what's best for my life. How you going to tell me what's best for my life? But who can tell me better what's best for my life than me? God. He can. That's the one that can tell you better than what you need because your heart will deceive you. Oh, I just follow the desires of my heart. Yeah, be careful, because the Bible also says that the heart is the most deceitfully wicked thing. So you better make sure that it's purified and sanctified and redeemed and covered by the blood when you're seeking that heart before you put all your marbles in it. Because how many times has your heart led you astray? Oh, my heart deceived me. I know, it'll do it again, too. You better make sure that word is from God. And hold on, because it brings what? Confidence. It brings confidence. So these are things, we wrapped up, the the faith brings confidence. Ask yourself hard, probing questions. What does God say about this? If you're trying to make a decision about something, ask yourself, what does God say about this? This new job, what does God say about this? This uh, new home, what does God, this new car, this relationship, this whatever you're going through, what does God say about this? Don't just say, what do I feel about this? What do I want? No, no, no. What does God say about this? And how many times are we just wishing that God's going to give us the answer we want? Because we really think God is a genie, and he's supposed to give us anything that we want at our command. That's not how God works. We respond to him. We respond to his word, what he has for us, but we have to seek him for it. And if we don't seek him for it, he won't reveal it. And now you're going to be left up to your own interpretation of what you should do. Good luck with that. Hope you make some wise decisions. Maybe you will. Maybe you won't. But I know this. If you follow God's wisdom and what he says, it's going to be 100% confident, 100% right every single time. Why? Because it's not anything that you've done or thought of. It's what he says. And when he speaks it, you can take it to the bank. 
100, like Charles Barkley says, guaranteed you can take it to the bank every single time. It's going to happen. Don't leave it to yourself. What does God say about this? And if he says yay, nay, whatever it is, roll with it. Don't, well, God, you know, I, ooh, I really wanted that job. No, that's not the job I have for you. Oh, Lord, I really wanted this. You mean to tell me no? No. God, I, I mean, I didn't really want this. You mean to tell me yes? Yes. Walk through it. But this is so hard. I'm with you. You can make it. My grace is sufficient. But this, I, I can't, t- yes, you can. When you're weak, come to me and I will make you strong. But you can't pick and choose because picking and choosing will give you where you are right now. Some of that's a good spot. Some of it is a bad spot. But you have to ask yourself, what does God say about this? Because if you follow it, it's going to bring a confidence. Whether it's what you want to hear or not, it's still going to bring confidence. If it's the answer you want, this is the important thing. Whether it's the answer you want to hear or not, it will still bring confidence because it's his word. Your answer will not bring confidence, whether it's what you want or not. If you, oh, this is what I really want, you still won't be confident because you know it's not from God. So I'm just going to leave that alone. I think y'all got it. So faith, it brings confidence. Second thing faith does is faith brings rest. Faith is rest. It brings confidence. It brings rest. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1 through 3. It says God's promise for entering his rest, still stands. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. Oh, geez. Now, wait a minute. That's kind of, oh, let's, let's go back and read that again. God's promise of entering his rest still stands, meaning that it's available. And I'm not just talking about in heaven. I'm talking about on earth. So how do I know he's talking about it? Because it says it still stands. Meaning that you can access it when? Now. God's promise for entering his rest still stands, so we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. Oh, if you hadn't experienced God's rest, I'm sorry for you. For this good news that God has prepared this rest has been announced to us just as it was to them. But it, but it, but it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listen to God. For only we who believe, only we who what? Can enter his rest. Only we who believe can enter his rest. Believe in what? His word. And how you say, well, how do you know that? Let's keep reading in verse 9. Go down to verse 9. So there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. So you have rest, but there's still a special rest. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors, meaning that you don't have to try to figure it out anymore. Once you stop trying to figure it out, you got to stop. You can stop fighting. You can try. Oh, I'm trying to figure it out. Figure out what? Stop figuring out and enter into his rest. Where does his rest come from? It comes from faith. When you put your faith in him, that means you stop trying to figure it out. That's your labors. That's the labors it's talking about. The more you start, the more labor you have is you trying to figure things out on your own. It's going to wear you out. That's why you don't have rest. 
That's why you don't have peace, because you're wearing yourself out trying to figure it out. But when you put faith in him, it brings confidence and it brings rest. That's what this is talking about right here. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors. Oh, I'm thank God. I'm stop, I, I didn't stop trying to figure it out. I didn't try to figure it out long enough. I'm tired of trying to figure it out. I'm tired of, tired of going to sleep discouraged and, 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 and disappointed and confused. You know what, God? I trust you. What did you say, God? Okay, I trust you. Now give me that confidence and that rest that comes with it. Because you know what? Trying to figure, oh, I'm tired of this. When you get sick and tired, you get sick and tired. Maybe you ain't at that point yet, but I am. I'm, trying to, I'm tired of trying to figure it out. I'm just going to say, God, I trust you. It's much easier to be put my confidence in what you say and receive your rest. Because as long as you're still laboring, you have no rest. You can't rest on your decisions. Why, you, why do you keep going back and forth? You have no rest. And if you have no rest, you have no faith. Faith brings confidence. You get that confidence, it gives you rest. Rest in his word. Verse 11, so let us do, do our best to enter that rest. Uh-oh. But if we disobey God, as the people of Israel did, we will fall. You can start off doing great. Oh, God, I thank you for your confidence. Oh, God, I thank you for your rest. Until you walk into something a little bit that's diff difficult more than you think you can handle. Oh, that confidence and rest is gone now. Now what you going to do? Are you going to disobey and fall? Or are you going to still obey? Because when you disobey and fall, guess what? Your confidence and your rest is gone. Y'all was just celebrating about that confidence and rest. Oh, but if you disobey, guess what? It's gone. Like Uncle Sai say, he gone. It's gone. It's gone. You got to obey. Verse 12, for the word of God is alive. See, this is what I love. It talks about rest. It starts off talking about the word. Then it goes into rest. Then it goes back into what? The word. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between both soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It's talking about the word. If you put your confidence in the word, it's going to bring confidence and rest. If you disobey the word, it's going to cut between spirit and soul, soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, and exposing the innermost parts of your thoughts and desires, which means you have no rest. You have no confidence because it's exposing what's already inside of you. That situation is just exposing what's already inside of you. That's why you can't be disobedient when he speaks to you. You have to stand on what? The word. Stand on it. It brings peace. It brings, it brings rest. Oh, it brings peace, it brings rest. If you have inner turmoil and stress, you are not in God's rest. If you still have inner turmoil and stress over decisions that you have to make or will make or facing, you are not in God's rest. Because when you're in God's rest, I don't really know how to explain it other than this, it feels like a dream. Me and tomorrow were praying in our prayer hour the other day, 
And we were just sitting there thanking God, praising God. And I was like, I don't even, in this moment, and it's not, that's not the only time I felt like that. But I'm like, am I really in a battle? I'm like, am I really, am I, am I really believing God that my body is healed from cancer? Like, am I really, was cancer ever in my body? And because why? Because I've entered into such a rest and trust in him and a faith in him that it feels like, is this really real? But that's because I put my faith and confidence in his word. I have something for my faith to have a foundation to stand on. And when you have faith and something for your foundation to stand on, your faith to have a foundation to stand on, guess what? It can feel like a dream. Is this really this good? Yes, it is. Why? Because you put your faith and trust in God. There's nothing that compare to it. There's nothing in this world can compare to the rest and the peace of God. Nothing. I don't care what it is. You can say, oh, what about a trip here? It don't matter. That trip will be fun, but it's going to be over with soon. <laughs> and then you're going to need another trip. Oh, but the rest of God. Oh, it sustains you. It refreshes you. It renews you. It encourages you. It motivates you to keep moving forward. But when you don't have that rest, I got to get up again today and go to this place. I got to get up again and go see these people. Look at their face. All, uh. But when you enter God's rest and you're thankful for all that he has done, you wake up with excitement in your heart to say, God, what are you going to do today? God, what, what, what are you going to use me to do today for your glory? When you st- all you're doing is standing on the word, but it changes every area of your life. Because your perspective is not on you now, it's on him. And when your perspective is on him, now he can open up your eyes to say, now I want you to minister there. Now I want you to share the good news about me over here. And it opens up a world of possibilities that you have. But if you don't have confidence and rest in him, all you're thinking about is your misery. And you're never going to lift up your eyes to see what he wants for you to do for that day because you're so worried about what's going on. And there's, poss- there's people all around you that need encouragement. And you're going to walk right past them every single time because you're so worried about the inner turmoil because you get confident in the decisions that you've made. I'm just trying to encourage you this morning. Stand on his word. It brings confidence and it brings what? Rest. Proverbs 13, 12, it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. The rest of God feels like a dream, but what is that dream? It's a tree of life. Oh, it produces life in every area of your life. Not just in one part, every area of your life. When God gives you his rest or you have God's rest, you don't have to convince yourself of anything. You don't have God's rest, you're going to have to keep trying to convince yourself that what you're doing is right. Ask me how I know. How I know? Oh, I know I'm doing the right thing. This is the right thing to do. I know God said that, but this is the right thing. To, I know this, 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 this is what I want. This is what I want. I know I'm going to just keep going. And, and I'm still constantly trying to convince myself to do the wrong thing, the right thing, but I know it's the wrong thing. And I have no rest. That's why I'm trying to convince myself. Oh, but when God gives you 
a confidence and a rest. I don't have to convince myself of anything. I know it's his word is true. So guess what? I can stop thinking about it. I can stop worrying about it. I don't have to convince myself. I don't have to convince myself that I'm supposed to be here in this church. Why? Because God, I know it. He spoke the word. I'm here. So I'm not going, oh, the people ain't going to like me. Oh, I'm going to preach this word, and they just going to look at me, and they not going to respond, and they not going to receive. I don't worry about that. Why? Because I've entered into his rest. I don't, oh, Camden, she's not going to look at, man, is she really going to believe I'm her daddy? Yes, I'm her daddy. (laughs) But my whole point is, when you're discouraged and you're in inner turmoil, you start thinking all types of crazy stuff. Oh, I don't, maybe I should just move. I think I just need a change of scenery. No, you need a change of staying in the word and staying consistent to what he said. Because some people feel like, oh, if I just move and get a fresh start, no, your problems going to still be there with you. Go move to Atlanta. They still going to be there with you. Because you know that's what people like to move to Atlanta or Houston. Them the two places, or Dallas, that's the three places. Atlanta, Houston, Dallas. That's where everybody moved to, because they got more possibilities out there. And more problems, because you're going to carry them over there too. All I'm saying is, stand on the word of God. Whatever decisions you're facing, what does God say about this? And when he speaks, whether it's what you want to hear or not, stand on it. It's going to bring confidence, and it's going to bring rest. If you have unresolved in your heart, inner turmoil still going, you have no confidence, and you have no rest because you're not standing on the word, or you have no word. Get you a word from God. The, the, the government official, he had no word. He got the word. He said, my son lives. He lives. I'm out. I don't have to beg him anymore. And all the way home, he, my son lives, my son lives. And he's singing that all the way home until he, his servants came out there. Guess what? Your son got better around 1 o'clock. When was that? Oh, that's when I was talking to Jesus. My son lives. And why? Because there's a confidence and there's a rest that came on the inside of him that says, I don't have to worry or stress anymore. And you can't tell me that that wasn't the best feeling of that man's life right there. And it also says that him and his household, let me go back and read it to you again. It says, this, uh, he and his entire household believed in Jesus. Entire house, not just him. His, and I don't even know how many people in there. So we know he's a government official, so there's a lot of people in there. His entire household believed in Jesus because one man said, I'm going to stop begging him. I'm going to stand on his word. I'm going to be confident in his word. His word delivered. And guess what? I believe him. He believed before he saw. Some of us say, I'll believe when I see it. That's not faith. Seeing is not believing. (laughs) Believing is before you see it. That's faith. So before you say, God, the only way I can trust you, I'm going to have to see. That ain't faith. You're going to have to believe before you see it. And if you can't do that, no confidence, no rest. You want confidence, you want rest, get you a word from God. Stand on it. Recite it back to the devil when he try to lie to you to get you to sell it. 
because he's going to try to get you to sell it. Remember that verse we read in, in, in uh, Proverbs? Get the truth and never sell it. You get that truth, you better not sell it because he's going to give you every opportunity to sell it. Don't sell it. Stand on the word. It's going to bring confidence and it's going to bring rest. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Like we do after every message, just to begin to ask the Lord, Lord, what are you speaking to my heart? What are you saying to me today, Lord? What, what is my response to this message? Maybe the Lord is saying, you need to get a word from me. Maybe the Lord is saying, you need to go back to the word and receive confidence and rest and quit trying to go back and forth. Is this the right decision or not? Maybe the Lord is saying, I spoke the word, trust me. Stand on it. Maybe the Lord is saying, I gave you the word, but you sold it. Whatever it is, just ask the Lord, how do I, Lord, how would you have me respond to this message? And he'll speak. Lord, I thank you for every person under the sound of my voice. I thank you that you're speaking clearly to our hearts. Lord, for those in the valley of decision, I pray right now for a confidence to trust you, to trust your word, whether it's what we want to hear or not. I thank you that we would stand on that word, that our faith would have a foundation to stand on, that we could receive confidence and that we could receive rest. I bind the thief, the enemy, that would try to steal that word or bring any, try to, uh, any type of deception or lies to make us go back on what you have already spoken or that you will speak. Oh, Lord, I thank you that in the valley of decision, oh, we will stand. Oh, we would hold tight, that we will fight the good fight of faith and that we will stand on your word and not shrink back or waver and not uh, go back in our faith, Lord God, and not be disobedient, but that we would stand firm in your word. Thank you for it this morning. In Jesus' name. You can keep your head bowed and your eyes closed. I want to give one final invitation. That's for anyone that is away from God. Maybe after hearing this message, you realize that, man, you talked about the confidence and the rest. I'm not even confident that I'm saved. But I want to give you an invitation just to make sure that you're right before God before we, enter the, we leave this place today. So whether you're watching online or if you're in the seat, in the, one of the seats in the sanctuary, I want to pray for you. So if you want to come in right relationship with God this morning, just lift your hand just to acknowledge before you and God that you want to come into right relationship with him. And I want to pray with you. You can lift your hand if you want to make that decision this morning. Amen. Amen. Max, everyone, just to place their hand over their heart and just repeat this after me. Say, Jesus, I love you. Thank you for this moment where I can come to you and surrender my life. I repent of all my sin, all my disobedience, and I thank you that I receive your mercy and your grace. Thank you for forgiving me for all of my sin that is washed away, never to be remembered again. 
I'm covered by the blood. I'm redeemed. I'm new. I'm made whole. I thank you for it, that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, y'all give yourselves a hand clap. For those that made that decision, praise God. That is the greatest decision that you will ever make. And I will say that every single Sunday because it is. It's not hyperbole. It is the greatest decision that you ever make because it has effect on your eternity. Because for all for eternity, we're going to spend eternity in one or two places, heaven or hell. Whether you agree with it or not, I'm not going to debate with you. I'm just going to make sure my faith is in him on that day. And now your name is written too. And you will hear a chorus of millions upon millions of people saying, come on in. Oh, what a day of celebration that's going to be. We can't even, y'all, I don't think y'all understand how great heaven's going to be. Because we can't even fathom. We can kind of, I'm telling you what a day of rejoicing it will be. Oh, that's going to be a great day. But we still living now, so we got work to do. Amen? Amen. But uh, I want to uh, give a few announcements for you guys online before we're dismissed. And then you guys can uh, enjoy the rest of your Sunday and watch some football. But uh, a few announcements. So this Wednesday, we have prayer, 630. You're invited to come worship, uh, come worship and pray with us. This Wednesday, 630, September 27th is going to be great. Next Sunday, y'all don't want to miss next Sunday. It's not going to be online, so you got to be in the building. We will have a special guest worship leader with us next Sunday morning. If you need healing, if you know someone that needs healing, if you know someone that thinks they need healing but they don't know but they think they need healing, you need to bring them. Y'all need to be in the building. You need refreshing. You need to be restored. If you just love to worship, come worship with us next Sunday morning, 10 a.m., 10 a.m., not 10.30, 10 a.m. It's going to be a great Sunday. You don't want to miss that. And also, if you're prepared to give, uh, there's a couple ways you could do that. You go to our website at newlifemobile.org, or you could download our app, and you could give that way as well. But we're going to uh, pray for those that are prepared to give online, then you guys are dismissed. Lord, I thank you for those online and listening on the sound of my voice that are prepared to give. I thank you for them. I pray that you bless them that you strengthen them, encourage them in every area of their life. I pray right now that you meet all of their needs. Let there be no lack in their homes. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you guys for tuning in with us. We love to see you Wednesday and also next Sunday, 10 a.m. for a special worship Sunday. You don't want to miss that. Y'all have a great, great Sunday. Amen. Won't y'all stay?